Welcome to the Fight for Yourself podcast. I'm Michelle O'Connor, and I'm transforming my life one little choice at a time. Let's do this. Episode 4, The Whole Story. I want to tell you the story of how I transformed my life. Or I should say how I started this transformation, because it's by no means done. I feel like I'm right smack in the middle of it, and I will probably be in a version of transformation for the rest of my life, hopefully. Many of you, though, have reached out and asked me what I've done and how I did it. So here goes. Uh, I'm going to tell the story about how I took one little step and then took another little step to build on that first step and tell you how it went down and where I'm at today. Um, So that's what I'm going to do. Like to hit? Here we go. So first of all, I should set the scene for you. It's October of 2016, and I'm feeling so weird. I was in limbo, unsure of where I fit in. Uh, I had been part of a band for over 10 years as a professional musician and decided to part from that band, which was a really hard decision for me to make. It took me about a year to make it. And that was my family. We had been through a lot together, good and bad. So... So leaving was a really, really hard decision for me, uh, especially because I'm super loyal. It's just one of the values that I hold. But I knew it was right, and I didn't regret that decision. However, that didn't mean that I didn't spend so much time trying to figure out who I really was without this band. I spent many months trying to figure that out. Who the heck am I without this band? I'd been doing it for so long, it was so ingrained, for sure. I'd been gigging almost every weekend for so long, I just absolutely did not know what to do with myself with all this free time. So I'm in this wobbly time, in deep reflection, trying to figure all of these things out. Um, From what I remember, I started thinking about getting healthy as maybe a way to go. Just a little. I decided to go to the gym that I was already a member of. I started going and maybe spending 20 minutes walking on the treadmill and then I would leave. It was so hard to just even step through the door. It's so uncomfortable to go to the gym when you are uncomfortable in your body. Let me say that again. It is so uncomfortable to go to the gym when you are uncomfortable in your body. I cannot stress that enough. It's very hard. In my experience, I was so disconnected from my body, like how it felt, what I was feeling emotionally, uh, how food made me feel, any kind of aches and pains, that going to a place that was all about body was super scratchy and uncomfortable. But there must have been a little sparkle that happened at the gym because uh, I started to feel a tiny bit of hope. I knew that if I was going to make any changes, I needed backup and accountability. 
I asked my husband to start going, and I was surprised when he said yes. I tried to be really clear about how I needed help getting started. So we went. Uh, I had many feelings at the gym. I still have so many feelings at the gym. Every time I work out, things come up, but that's another show. But I cannot even tell you in the beginning how many feelings I was having. Um, Some of them are ridiculous, like thinking that everyone's looking at me. Um, So gradually, I dealt with that by pretending that I was Kathy Bates in a movie, and they couldn't see the real me. I'm not kidding. I pretended I was Kathy Bates in some sort of triumphant Tawanda montage, this transformation montage, um, and it totally helped. I became Kathy Bates, and they couldn't see me. And I still do that. In fact, I went and worked out today, and I just thought about Kathy Bates. Every time I try something new physically, I just think, I'm in this transformation montage, so just do that. You got to do whatever works for you. And for me, it was uh, becoming Kathy Bates. A lot of people have told me that they have that same feeling when they first start going to the gym, that everyone's looking at them. I'm not sure why we feel this way, but I want to reassure you if you're in that spot right now and you just started going to the gym or you're scared to go to the gym because everyone will be looking at you, I want to tell you that it's not real. It's something our mind makes up to stress us out and maybe say, hey, let's go back home. We don't want to be here. Everyone's staring at us. But I want to tell you, just a little side note, no one's looking at you. Okay? I hope we got that. So anyway, back to the story. So all of a sudden, um, I cared a little less about people looking at me um, with this little Kathy Bates tactic. And I mean, they couldn't even really see me, right? I was Tawanda, and she was right in the middle of a transformation. And this was my before character on her way to awesomeness. I seriously still use that technique to this day when I feel weird in a new exercise environment. And it helps me get into learner mode. So I didn't have to be perfect or the queen of everything at all. I just um, needed to try. And I didn't even need to know what I was doing. And we don't need to be perfect, folks. I just want to remind you of that as well. We really do not. If we're trying a new exercise, then we are in learner mode and we're just there to try. One time on the treadmill, I looked over at my husband when he was running. And at this point, I'm 250 pounds. I can't really walk that well at all. Uh, So the thought of running wasn't even in my mind as a reality. Um, But he was doing it, and it made me mad that I couldn't do it. It made me more mad that I thought that I couldn't do it. So I decided to try. I ran. And I'm talking about running at maybe 3.7 on the treadmill. And I ran for 10 seconds and then went back to walking. I kept looking at him, trying to run, and I wanted to do it too. And I wanted to prove that I could. So I started a little bit, 10 seconds, and then walk. 12 seconds of running, then walk. And I kept doing this over and over and over again. 
I would challenge myself to just tiny, tiny improvements. Go two steps faster. Go two steps longer. Little by little. And when I mean little, I mean such tiny, little, minuscule improvements. I think that getting started is one of the hardest parts of making any changes. And making tiny, tiny goals for improvement can help us make progress. As I look back on that time, I can see that each little attainable goal helped me build trust with myself. If I have a goal to run 30 seconds longer and I achieve that, I trust that I can do what I say I can do. The goal has to be small so I can reach it and put another brick in my self-trust foundation. I started at that time also sharing my journey on social media. I knew I would stay accountable if I shared the goal and said it out loud. Now, I'm sure that I have annoyed folks with my journey um, because I am sharing most of what I'm doing, uh, but there have been many other people who have been inspired by me telling the story in a real way. So if you're on this journey, I encourage you to do it. If you have a strong network of people that will support you, share those goals so that you can keep yourself accountable and have some friends to back you up if you um, are slacking. As time went on, I slowly and gradually started to create habit. Going to the gym is what I did most evenings now, which is just wildly different than how my life was before then. My body started to get used to it and even craving it a little bit. After I worked through the hard part of that first hill of getting started, I saw a little bit of progress, which helped me keep going. And along the way, I started to read about health and listen to nonstop self-development podcasts. Uh, I still do to this day. I would listen in the morning and in the afternoon on my commute And it felt like I was creating a sort of community for myself of like-minded teachers and individuals. And it was like I was in life school. I call it life school. I still, to this day, uh, can't get enough. And I listen on the way to work, on the way home from work. And obviously, I even created my own podcast. And I really hope that I can help someone out there like the folks before me who told their story and helped me so much, just by being honest. One of my podcast teachers said to figure out our why. Why am I going through the effort to make significant change in my life? They said that if I figure this out, it will get me through and keep me going when motivation fails me. And if I've learned anything, motivation will fail you. It's just a matter of time. Motivation comes and goes with the days, y'all. So I had to figure this out. Uh, After a ton of reflection, I figured out that my why had a lot to do with watching my father and grandfather die, basically, for about 20 years. It's heartbreaking to watch dynamic, sparkly people get sick and deteriorate for so long. Uh, I am my dad's only child, and I knew I was headed right in the same direction. I had a choice to make, and I choose to live. 
I choose to live. I choose to live a healthy life and get as clear as I can so I can express this spunkiness for as long as I can. Taking the time to reflect about my why was so big and worth it. I didn't want my daughter to go through the same thing that I went through watching my father. And of course, I want to model healthy living for her. So after a while of working out and kind of starting to create tiny habits around working out and then paying attention to my why and why I was even trying to make changes, um, I started paying attention to how I was eating. I didn't subscribe to any certain diet protocol or do any weight loss program at all. Something inside me knew that I had to do this my way so that I can be sustainable for the rest of my life. Otherwise, I'll end up like my dad, who struggled with obesity for his whole adult life until he passed. One thing that helped me, and helps me now, is to approach what I put in my body or how I move my body as an experiment. If I could just get curious and be creative in this process, I just might achieve what I'd always dreamed of. I tried a lot of things, and I worked really hard to cut my addiction to sugar. With a history of type 2 diabetes in my family, I knew that this is something I had to do. This was really key in me making any progress. I have no advice about what you should do with your diet protocol, and I, I will not be um, giving out that kind of advice, except for cutting down on sugar. Everyone's bodies are different, and everyone's minds are different, and each person has to figure out what is best for them. But that takes some work, and we have to be able to just do the work it takes. Also, I believe there's so much shame around food that um, I want to stress that food is not the enemy. Food is fabulous and delicious. Uh, food was my best friend my comfort, and my distraction. It was my entertainment, and it didn't need to be that anymore, and I knew I needed to change that. Something had to change in my relationship to food on my way to Healthy Town. Seeing food as fuel is still so interesting to me and so counter to what um, my body wants to do and what my mind wants to use it for. But changing your food relationship is tough. I will always be working on it. Because when I removed food as a comfort, I exposed all of the stuff that it was covering up. Good grief, if I thought starting to run was hard, I had no idea how hard the mental part of all of this would be. I'm still right in the middle of all of it. And I suspect I always will be. Using food to cope is my default, but I am aware, and that's what's different now. I am aware, and that means I can do the things it takes to avoid that. Many times, those things look like going to bed super early to avoid emotional snacking at night. So many nights where I didn't know what to do, and I was craving snacks, so I just went to bed. 
Many times it looked like declining invites from friends that put me in situations where I knew I wouldn't make great choices. This is still happening today, and it has everything to do with me and not them. But I had to make and set boundaries. It's very hard and many times lonely, um, but all of that and all of this action is so worth it. So at this time, I was steadily working on the physical exercise and starting to pay attention to what I was eating. And those two things together started to make me feel so darn good. So good. Better than I'd felt in a really long time. And I sometimes think that you don't know how bad you feel until you start feeling great. My brain started being less foggy. And feeling that clarity and sharpness is so incredible. I'm still honing that and learning to focus even harder and for longer periods. And I couldn't do that um, before. I continue to build my self-trust foundation. I kept trying new things I never thought I could do. I tried kickboxing, orange theory class, running a whole mile, yoga, lifting weights, Tabata class, bar class, the list goes on and on, trying, trying, trying. And every time I put myself in a new situation and succeeded in, in whatever small way, then I could trust myself and I knew I could try another thing and try another thing. Every time I was scared out of my mind. But somehow I knew that that was the point. So by the power of Kathy Bates, I tried each thing and survived. I more than survived. I started thriving. By this time, my big birthday goal was coming up, which was running a 5K. I have never done that in my life. I worked so hard as it approached, and I was so scared. I trained and trained, and I trained so hard that I had shin splints in both legs and spent the two days before the race with my legs all wrapped up in ace bandages. Uh, I just wanted this so badly, and of course I showed up to the race, true to me form, hours early, um, so worried. I wanted to check out what it was going to be like. I'd never done anything like this before, and I did it. Sore legs and all. I tell you, I was very slow, but I was very slow running. True determination got me through, and the pride that I felt afterwards, well, um, it makes me teary just thinking about it. Keeping my promise to myself is the best thing that I have ever done. So the following week, I signed up for another race and another, all 5Ks so that I could see my improvement. In the meantime, I'm still experimenting in the background with what my body likes to eat and dealing with what's on my mind now that I'm not constantly eating. Every day, doing the work, tweaking things like sleep pattern and deciding to quit drinking for a while, all in an attempt to be Michelle 2.0, hyper-awareness of what my body likes and doesn't like. Also, always gently pushing myself to make a little more progress 
in whatever I was working on. One major push was making the goal to run a 10K. I mean, what? So I went for it. Um, and on a super rainy day, I ran six miles without stopping. I burst into tears when I ran across that finish line, and I really felt like I pushed through another wall for myself. So that brings me to now. I'm working on exercise, healthy eating, mindset, and thought work every single day. It's still not easy, but hopefully sharing this helps you in some way. Next month, I've set another goal. So I will tell you all, and you can keep me accountable, I'm going to run a 10-mile race. A 10-mile race, y'all. I have yet to ever run 10 miles in my life, but I have built enough of a self-trust foundation that I know I will keep my promise to myself. My question for you is, how are you going to keep your promise to yourself? Today, this week, this month, how are you going to keep your promise to yourself? Thank you for listening to my story. Every download means so much to me, and if this message means something to you, please write a review in iTunes, share our Insta posts, and check out fightforyourself.net if you need a little inspiration. Remember, reviews in iTunes mean we reach more people with a message of everyday empowerment. Thank you for listening to this one, and I hope you stick with me for future episodes because... I have so much more to say.